Welcome back, everyone. Thank you for joining me on another episode of Life with Magic. I'm your host, Magic Dyke, and I am super excited for episode number two. Like, y'all don't understand how nervous I've been creating this little podcast. It's my little tiny baby. So, like, I'm trying my hardest to make sure it's an intentional safe space for everyone involved. And I'm really, really grateful that you're here listening yet again. I had 80 something downloads as soon as I released the first one. I don't know what that means in the podcast world, but I was like, yes. So I'm super, super excited about that. So I know that we're all still in quarantine. We're all still stuck in our homes, but there's a way to escape that. And I'm not talking about physically, mentally. We can all create these little safe spaces within our quarantine spaces that can allow us to feel self-pleasure. You know, just because we're stuck by ourselves does not mean that we have to deprive ourselves of the things that feel good. And with that being said, we're gonna be talking all about sex today. I know, I know, everyone's favorite topic, sex. Sex with yourself, sex with your partners, sex with your, whoever you have sex with. Like this is the day for everyone to sit here and get their questions answered, to get their little intimate things that they only keep to themselves in their heads. You know, you you get to hear that out loud today. Today's guest is the one and only, the oh so beautiful, poetic as fuck, incomparable Jennifer Eden. Now, the reason I chose Jennifer to come talk about sex is because she does this all the time on her social media platforms. She is a sex educator, self-pleasure advocate, sex consultant. She's the host of Tiny Tub, host of Vagina Dialogues. And as you can see, sex is a very, very, very talked about subject in her world. So who better else than her to talk about sex? So I had this moment last night when I was researching you, I was trying to like gather up my notes like a good host. And I was like, there's no way in hell I can like summarize all the work that you do because you do so fucking much like you wear so many hats. So I'm gonna give you the space to talk about your work and tell us your pronouns and everything else you want the people to know about you. All right. My name is Jennifer Eden, aka Slut of the Month, aka Femme Daddy, aka Biggie Shorty, aka J.E. Heartbreak. Um, I have acquired lots of aliases and lots of nicknames through a lot of years of doing this work. My pronouns are she and they. I identify as a Black queer non-binary femme, um, and all of my identities are essential to and encompassed in the work that I do. Um, So I am a poet, I am an event producer and host, and I am a sex educator slash pleasure coach. Um, So my goal is to empower Black femmes and queer and trans people of color to find confidence, autonomy, and justice in their sexuality, in their pleasure, and in their sexual wholeness. Sexuality is not just who you are attracted to or what feels good to you. It is very much tied to how you experience life as a whole. And so it is the goal of my work to make sure that Black queer folks are aware of that and like have the tools and the language to articulate the necessity of being present in their sexual wholeness. Mm. If y'all don't follow Jen on social media, you should. Slut of the month. Just how it sounds is how it's spelled. Slut of the month. And that title has been very, uh, what's the word? Uh, earned because like you said you just didn't name yourself that can you tell us where slut of the month came from absolutely um so it is not just an ig handle it is a title that was given to me by amber roses my slut box platform 
Um, so Amber Rose is the person who organizes um, Slut Walk LA, and she very much uses her platform to advocate for um, sexual rights and sexual liberation for women, femmes, and girls. And so an offset of that initiative is Slutbox. And it's like a monthly subscription service where they send you all sorts of like lubes and resources and like sexual health products um, and also like makeup and pasties and cute shit to try as well. Um, ooh, can I say shit? Is that okay? Yes. On here? Okay, great. This yeah, is unfiltered. You can say whatever the fuck you want to say. Wonderful. That means this is going to be a good conversation. Yeah. But yeah, so in this box um, that goes out every month, there is a zine that highlights different resources, different organizations, terminology that folks need to be a more um, healthy and well-rounded sexual being. Um, and so every month they highlight a slut of the month who is doing work in the sexuality field. And I happen to be the first one back in yes. June of 2018. Um, and so that box is still available, by the way. Like folks have been asking lately if they can get the zine, if they can get that box and it's still on the website. So like mm -hmm. if you want it, it's there. Um, but yeah, that was like a really cool honor, not only to have a word that had been used against me since I was like, nine and grew titties um be used in like an a power empowering way in a way that like acknowledges my like personhood and the fact that there is there is a stigma behind that word there is a stigma behind being a femme who is like open to talking about sex there is mm -hmm. stigma behind being a person with titties like they just come with me wherever I go they're not always meant to be a part of the conversation they're just there right. and so the fact that people assigned meaning and intention to them well before I was ready to um kind of catapulted me into like being hyper aware of my body of my sexuality and so it was really cool to like be acknowledged and be given this title that encompasses all of that. Mm. Well, just know that you are my favorite slut and your self-pleasure advocacy has helped me a lot. Like when I say, when it comes to things like self-pleasure, masturbation, things of that nature, like I was not too comfortable growing up because African upbringing, like sex is a no-no. It's a Oh yeah, no, you don't get to about. touch yourself, let alone other people. Like Right. And you don't even get to talk about it. So it's like, my body was like a foreign concept to me for the longest time. And then it was like, I want to say when I hit my twenties and I started like discovering myself, like from the outside looking in, like, as far as like my identity, my sexuality, what I like, who I like, things like that it was like a whole world had opened up. And then when I came across your work, I knew you in the community, but like, I didn't about your work until like, I followed you on Instagram and I was like, oh shit, you know, this is some revolutionary shit. Like, this is something that a lot of people in this community are missing out on. And a lot of people, like for me being a mask of center person, it was a very long journey to start accepting myself and start accepting that I like pleasure too. And a lot of the femmes that I was with before, you know, the person that I'm currently with, they didn't really take the time to figure me out or take the time to even ask me questions. So then when I saw your work and I was like, oh shit, bitch, you can advocate for yourself. If you want something, you can talk about it. You don't have to limit yourself to this box that other people have put you in when it comes to pleasure. So like my question to you is what does a pleasure coach do? So a pleasure coach is one of those titles that is very much 
malleable. Like the different pleasure coaches do different stuff. There are some folks who are more so on the like marriage and family therapy end of things. And then there are some folks who are very much like in the kink world. And then there are folks all along that spectrum. I work with folks individually and as couples and as triads and in like whatever formation that their relationships look like um, to really learn how to advocate for what feels good to them. Um, Like you said, a lot of people don't have that language or even that like permission within themselves to be like, oh, I want this thing and I want to talk about it. I want to know how it feels. I want to experience it. This is my body. I get to do that. Um, And so I talk through those steps with people. I help people unpack where some of that shame and stigma might come from. I help people learn different terminology that might apply to the things that they want. And I help people get comfortable with their bodies and the things that they want their bodies to experience. Um, And we also focus a lot on consent because I think that people have this idea that if they want to try something, it means like, okay, let's just go. And however it goes is how it goes. And you get to set boundaries around your safety um, and around your like mental health and around your like body's capabilities um, when it comes to trying new things. So I help folks work through that also. That is beautiful. And I feel like a lot of us do need a pleasure coach because it's kind of like therapy when you when you don't know that you need therapy until you step into a therapist's office you don't know that you're missing out on self-pleasure until you're having conversations with the sex experts who are like oh this is what you're supposed to be not even supposed to be doing but these are all your options these are all the different things that you could be experiencing and it takes a very special person to get you comfortable enough to open up about yourself. Cause you know, like you said, there's a lot of stigmas. There's a lot of shame when it comes to just sex in general. So I don't know. I think it's the coolest fucking thing that you're a self-pleasure coach and that you do this work. Like you're so passionate about sex and it's lit. Like where does this passion for sex come from? Some of it I inherited rightfully. Um, So my grandmother is lit. Or I guess I should say was lit. She's no longer uh, on this earth, on this plane. Um, But in my spiritual relationship with her and with my ancestors, I've learned a lot about her as a sexual being um, and the work that she did on this earth. My grandmother was a sex worker and she was a woman of color sex worker in 1950s New England, which was a very white, very affluent area of the country and still is. And so I think that she is really, really dope for being able to do that, to survive that. I know that she would have had a million stories to share with me. Um, And unfortunately, I never met her in this life, but I am very much inspired by the work that she did. Um, And then the other part of my inspiration just comes from like nurturing my inner child and that that little girl that I was at nine years old with titties and some kid on the bus asking me if I had breast implants and me having to go home and ask what breast implants were and me getting in trouble for asking. And I don't want anybody to get in trouble for asking questions. Mm. Um, I want 
people to have the resources to ask questions that they can't ask their parents, that they can't ask their siblings, or they don't have somebody in their life that they you know, trust with that vulnerability. And so I not only want to be that resource, but I want to teach people how to be that resource for themselves and for the other people in their lives. Thank you for being that resource. And thank you for always being open to just conversations about the things that people don't want to talk about. That's an amazing, much needed thing in this world, in this society, especially in our queer community, like in our queer circle. I think that I can speak for the rest of our, uh, the boys or whoever else sees themselves in me that like I didn't have someone to talk to about sex and I still hold a lot of shame. I still hold a lot of like, there's things that bring discomfort to me and I have to like unpack that. So like having someone that I can hit up and be like, Hey, so I'm trying to fuck myself, but I'm having some trouble uh, unblocking a few things. How can I best do this thing? You know? And I love being the person that people come to with those questions, especially boys, especially like masculine of center folks. Mm. Um, I think that there aren't a ton of visible, like front facing, publicly accessible masculine of center um, people in general, um, but masculine of center people who like are open about their sexuality and their sex practices. Like in our society, like people who are assigned female at birth but adopt a more masculine presentation are just assumed to be lesbians. And that means people are like bumping coochies and that's kind (laughs) of the end of the dialogue around what that even looks like. But there there's so much nuance to identity. There's so much nuance to sexuality and how you dress and how you present really has very little to do with what feels good to your body, what feels Mm -hmm. good to you sexually. And I think that a lot of masculine center folks get caught in this trap of having to be whatever their like inherited definition of masculine is and a lot of time that means that they are denying themselves pleasure they're denying themselves what feels good to their body and it could be like a subconscious thing that like they don't even know that they're doing so when boys hit me up and they're like I've never masturbated before I'm just like thank you. Thank you for saying something. Thank you for getting to the point where you recognize that that's something you're allowed to do. And it's so great to like, like I said before, to be that resource, but to also know that folks are really getting to a point where it's like, there's so much shit that doesn't feel good. There's Mm. so much shit that is so limiting and so contrived and that doesn't take your whole identity into consideration why should the sex that you have be one of those things Mm -hmm. it's like I didn't even know that I like penetration until I had to sit with myself and give myself the permission to try that because growing up like as a little dyke you know people are like you know you're not supposed to like dick you're not supposed to take dick I'm like but I want to try it like (laughs) I want to try it this thing that I do to others. Like when I'm slinging my strap around, I'm like, I wonder what it feels like to be on the receiving end. And just the thought alone was like, well, you're not supposed to even like that, you know? So then the whole cycle starts of like 
well, if you're going to be masculine of center, you're the one who you're the boy in the relationship quote, because that's what people told me. It's like, you're the masculine one. You're supposed to do this. You're supposed to be the tough one. You're supposed to, you know, take and dig that's for the femmes. And I'm like, nah, I reached a point when I was just like, no, that's, that's not my narrative anymore. This is not something that, this is not my truth. And that moment felt so liberating. Like sexual liberation is a different type of freedom that only you have the power to give yourself, you know, when it comes to your likes and dislikes. No one else can hand you that sexual liberation. You have to come to a point where you're like, why is this my truth? Where did this even come from? Why am I telling myself that I'm not allowed to do this or that, you know? So to speak on your point of like, especially the mask of center, um, the boys, it's like we have a lot of quote, you're not supposed to do this. You're not supposed to do that. You're not supposed to like this. You're not supposed to like makeup. You're not supposed to play in your girl's closet. You're not supposed to, I had one girl tell me that I'm not, she said, and I quote, if I ever catch you playing in my lipstick, that's it. It's going to be over. Like playing in her makeup. I was like, excuse me. I like wearing lipstick sometimes. And like, why would you even tell me that? Like, why would you, why would that be the straw for you to be like, if I see you playing with my makeup, that's it. I, I, I can't look at you the same. I was That's like, so, so dumb. Like, I, I don't even like to put labels like that on people, but like that mentality is really dumb. It's the same like homophobic, femphobic shit that we inherit from like religious indoctrination, from mm-hmm. conservative ass parents, from folks who like refuse to look at gender separate from sexuality. It's just really ridiculous. Like I I remember the first time someone I was dating, like I pretty much only have dated masculine center individuals. Mm-hmm. And so the first time someone I was dating asked me if they could borrow some of my clothes for something like I felt honored I felt like so glad that she was comfortable with Mm. that and that she was comfortable enough with me to like share that need and that desire with me but also comfortable enough in herself to be like you know what this is something I would like to do and this is something that I would like to explore and I am trusting you with this like vulnerability and curiosity and so like Femme, stop shaming your partners for like wanting to be soft, wanting to be feminine, wanting to indulge in activities that feel good to them, like regardless Mm -hmm. of what gender you think the activity belongs to, like makeup is not inherently feminine. Heels are not inherently feminine. Penetration is not inherently feminine. Like let Mm -hmm. people do what the fuck they want to do. Stop shaming people. You better preach. This is why you're the slut of the month. You advocate for all of us. Like all this bullshit ass limitations that we place on each other. It's like we're policing each other's pleasure. And that's fucking annoying. That's wild. It's stupid. But, you know, let me calm it down because I was like about to go on my whole rant of like, if I want to sit on a dick, I will sit on a dick and can't nobody tell me shit. <laughs> we can go there. We can absolutely go down this path. But you are you're you're right. Like what you want to do, what mm-hmm. feels good to you, what you have negotiated for yourself and in yourself is yours. Like fuck how anybody else feels about it. Like as long as all parties involved in the act are down with what's going down, Mm. then it is fine. Who cares if somebody outside of the situation like looks at you differently because of it? That is 100% their problem. 
Mm-hmm. I stopped giving a fuck what people thought about me a long time ago. And ever since then, I'd be walking around like I will literally kiss on Roman in front of people. Because back in the day when we worked at the strip club together, like people would be looking at us sideways because we're two very masculine of center boys. And we'd be like holding hands, sitting up on each other's laps. And I was like, hate it or love it. It's still going to happen because this is my nigga. And if I want to kiss him, I'm going to kiss my nigga. Like <laughs> if that's not how you show your homies love, then like I, I'm not here for the, you know, Baltimore because Baltimore is a whole nother scene when it comes to the lesbian community. But like, I learned These very quickly. I was like, ooh, y'all are a little, okay, a little spicy out here. But I was like, we don't give a fuck. We will twerk on each other, damn near lick each other's fucking faces and not give a fuck because we're that liberated within ourselves and we're that comfortable with our sexuality, our presentation, our behaviors. And we definitely, you know, from experience, we don't let nobody ever stop our boy on boy love so like you know advocating for just the freedom to exist within your communities is hard it's hard to feel like hey I gotta deal with shit outside the community but now I'm dealing with people from within my circles looking at me sideways because I'm just soft you know or I'm acting feminine which is stupid because you can't act or we have the space to embody many different energies and it's wild when people try to limit people based off of their own self-beliefs and their own self-limiting thoughts. But since we're going to go down the road of self-pleasure, what does your self-pleasure routine look like? Because I'm trying to redirect back to the good shit, that gushy gushy. <laughs> I mean, talking about you and Roman loving on each other is, in fact, the good shit. We could have a whole episode about however... I understand that that is not my conversation to have. I just want to take a moment to celebrate it. Um, Platonic affection is important. Uh, Mask on mask affection is important. And like, I think that for people to be able to see you two being affectionate with each other and close is like revolutionary in and of itself. Like being able to see masculine affection, regardless of like the bodies and identities of the people in that arrangement like is uncommon as fuck even within queerness even within our communities and the events that we go to and the spaces that we share like it is very uncommon to be able to see masculine presenting people be affectionate and close so like your openness is definitely inspiring and definitely like opens people's eyes to like what the range of intimacy and affection can look like you're like this is a fantasy of mine I'm trying to see y'all fuck (laughs) I mean I would not block that blessing were it Mm. to come my way however that's not what this is about (laughs) that's not what we're here to talk about as you sip your water you getting a little thirsty over there a a little bit. I am, in fact, parched. I did need to gather and collect myself. Mm -hmm. And you can see I'm getting a little rosy in the cheeks at the moment. Mm -hmm. Um, Y'all can't see this, but they can't stop smiling right now. It's just cheeks. (laughs) I can't stop smiling right now. And part of that is because, like, this conversation is making me really happy. But the other part of it is that, like, I have had a crush on Roman for a lot of years. Um, And as I have gotten to know you, I have developed a little soft spot in my heart for you as well. So Mm -hmm. the idea of, like, all of that magic and Roman and me energy just coming together would just be amazing and now I should stop talking about this because this is going out in the in the interwebs for people to hear so I should stop it and we can dream together okay let's let's do that 
<laughs> sip more water uh-huh sip more water and move on to self-pleasure that is what i am here to talk about today um so self-pleasure is a big part of my self-care practice um especially since i have been quarantined alone for a very long time without access to partners or even like platonic affection and so touching myself has been my way of of coping with that and navigating through that and when a lot of people think about self-touch and self-pleasure they automatically think about like masturbation as the act of like touching yourself for the purpose of coming whether it's with a toy jerking off finger popping yourself whatever you call it whatever it is that gets you to that point like that is this very limiting definition of self-pleasure self-pleasure is literally whatever makes you feel good if your self-pleasure is taking a scalding hot shower until the water gets cold, which like is another thing that feels really good to me, then that is a part of your self-pleasure practice. If self-pleasure to you is like eating a really indulgent meal and falling asleep on the couch afterward, then like that gets to be a part of your self-pleasure routine and ritual. So I really encourage people to think of self-pleasure beyond like, I'm touching myself or I'm touching my genitals for the purpose of coming. Like self-pleasure is really a holistic experience that goes well beyond like physical touching yourself. Now the touching yourself is very important. And like I said, beyond the idea of touching your genitals for the purpose of coming, self-pleasure is also about interacting with your whole body. It's about incorporating the things that feel good to the rest of you and really thinking beyond the idea of coming or reaching orgasm. Like it's all about making your whole body feel good. Think of it as like foreplay almost. Like people think of foreplay as something that only happens with a partner. It's like, here's how you get warmed up before the actual sex. And it's like, well, what if we thought about the whole experience as the sex, as the experience, like mm-hmm. the whole foreplay, the whatever it is that makes you come, if that is even what you're all about in that moment, and the aftercare is a whole, like all necessary parts of the experience. So self-pleasure should very much include all of those things as well. Mm. So what advice would you give to someone trying to build a healthy self-pleasure routine? So my advice would be do it in the mirror, like spend some time with yourself in the mirror and really look at yourself, really like spend some time with your hands, just like traveling over your body and seeing how you react to different touches in different places. There might be some places that a little bit of pressure feels good. There might be some places that a lighter touch feels good. And when you're looking in the mirror, not only do you get to like look at your face and see how you're actually reacting, but you get to look and see where your hand is and what it's doing and remember that like, oh, on my thighs, I like a really 
firm, like pressured touch, almost like a massage. Whereas on my arms, I like a lighter surface level touch. And so you get to have that visual reference of what feels good to you. So yeah, get in the mirror, get it on. Get in the mirror. I still haven't done that yet, but I'm working my way up to that, getting in the mirror. Because I remember you talked about that during the Black in Space. Um, what what was it? It was, all I remember you was oh, touching yourself. Oh, Corin Kink. Corin yes. Kink for an essential oh, twerker. Shout out God. to Black Film Brunch for making that happen. That was lit. Man, I was in there like, is this, are we on a webcam? Is this like a collective virtual orgy? We just going to watch Jen play with themselves? Like, okay, I'm here for it. I was getting parched. I was like, let me turn my screen off real quick. And let me, let me just take this in from the comfort of my bedroom. But practicing self-pleasure in the mirror is something that I'm like actively working toward because it's not easy. Like staring at yourself in the mirror while pleasing yourself is not an easy thing to do. Cause for me, I can, I can only speak. It's, there's a lot of insecurities that I got to unpack. There's a lot of like self-limiting beliefs, a lot of shame that I got to like let go of, but as soon as I check that off my list, I'm going to hit you up and be like, guess what the fuck I did, bitch? Guess who finger popped themselves in the mirror? This nigga right here. <laughs> yes, and you will get all of the celebration, all of the like excitement <laughs> that I have for you because I am definitely excited about you getting there. And it's also something you can work up to. It doesn't have to be like, okay, today's the day, drops <laughs> towel, it's happening. It can very much be like, you get out the shower and you put your lotion on in front of the mirror and like mm-hmm. spend some time looking at your body while you're doing that. Or you can focus on a particular part of yourself. Cause I think like looking at your face as a part of it can be one of the most intimidating components of it. So if you angle yourself in front of the mirror so that you can only see your body or only mm-hmm. see part of your body or if there's a part of your body that you really really like if you happen to really like your ass then put your ass in the mirror and spend some time focusing on that and then mm-hmm. work your way up to focusing on some of the areas of your body that you're not as excited about see this is why you're the pleasure coach because in my head I was like I gotta sit face in the mirror head on and like bust the wide open and I was like that's a little too intimidating right now, but I like the idea of starting small, starting with the body parts that you are comfortable with and like working your way up to busting it wide open in the mirror if that's your goal. So thank you for that, like redirection. Cause I think, you know, when you hear about foreign concepts and you're just like your brain or anxiety brain automatically takes you to like your biggest fears. Whereas when you break it down chunk by chunk, you're like, wait a minute, I do like my ass. I can play with my ass in the mirror. Like <laughs> exactly. I can rub my booty. Cause I, I dance in the mirror all the time and it's not an issue. Cause I'm like, I love dancing. I love movement and I love watching myself move. So if I apply the same type of thoughts to self-pleasure, it's not as intimidating anymore. Mm. Yeah. And like a lot of times, especially for folks who are like kind of a, of a really strong affinity for like visual stimulation sometimes just looking at yourself in the mirror is gonna be the thing that excites you like you might just look at yourself in the mirror and be like wow these titties are just sitting <laughs> at such a perfect angle and my nipples are just like the perfect shade of chocolatey brown and mm. next thing you know like you and yourself are getting it on and so I think that it starts with like appreciation for the body that you have, like Mm -hmm. regardless of how you feel about 
your body, if you want it to be smaller or bigger or more toned or whatever, like the body you have is the body that you have. And regardless mm-hmm. of how you feel about it, you should appreciate it as, as the vessel that it is. So just spend some time appreciating it and loving on it, each part of it, whether it's your shoulder or your baby toe, like it all deserves <laughs> a little bit of time and intention from you. And if you get to a point of like, having a full-blown like masturbation session in the mirror, then good to you. But like, if that's not a goal of yours or if that's not something that you're ready to even consider, then you mm-hmm. get to set smaller goals along the way. Mm. Amen to that. I could do that. And I'm going to be keeping you updated on my uh, self goals. Yes. I want all the progress reports. I want, I want today, I massaged my left titty in the mirror <laughs> and it felt amazing. I want all of it. I could do that. Yep. I'm going to massage my little toes. I'm going to play with my booty. I'm going to hold my titties up and think of you. I'm like, yep. Jen taught me how to do this. Jen taught me how to love myself in the mirror. That's my self-pleasure coach. Yeah. (laughs) Sex is one of the most healing acts that I've encountered when it comes to, you know, sex magic. Some people practice that. Some people don't. Like when I am in the act of fucking I like to think of all the different things I'm trying to manifest. Can you tell us about sexual healing? Absolutely. Um, So I think that when it comes to sexual healing, where you are in terms of like how you feel about yourself, how you feel about your career, your goals, how you feel about the state of the world can all be incorporated in your sex practice Um, and really thinking about what you want and being specific about it um, can be a part of your sexual manifestation. Like all of the energy that you put into sex, all of the energy that you exchange with a partner, if there is a partner included in your sex, that can be put to to use like think about all of the all of the time that you spend like saying the other person's name or saying like oh my god or whatever it is that comes to you to say during sex and you remember those things like you remember saying that name you remember you know the the sounds of that experience Think about if you were to say, like, I am truly deserving of everything I want, mm. or I just I am financially stable, I am healthy and happy. Um, or if you're with a partner, like we are, you know, successful in our relationship. We have a nurturing and healthy love. We have Um, open communication and healthy boundaries. Um, All of those things can be like actually said during your sex. Um, Mm -hmm. I think that people are really concerned about like sex being sexy in the way that we see it like in movies or in porn or that we hear other people describe about um, describe it. But sex gets to be whatever you want it to be. And Mm -hmm. so when you are thinking about what you really want out of life, you absolutely get to include that in your sex and in your sex practices. So like, I encourage you, all of you, to incorporate some affirmations into 
your sex and they can be specifically about the sex that you're having like your affirmations can totally be like my body is so hot or you know I am going to come harder than I ever had in my life and your affirmations can also be that like I want black liberation or you know my people are safe in their homes and out in the world like you can you can think in the moment in the act and you can also think beyond that and all of it gets to be a part of your like sexual wholeness and sexual healing amen to that either affirmations or dirty talk whatever you prefer to do is your thing and you can harness all the power that is within you especially as your body is like supercharged as you're about to climax that's when you know if you if you're talking about vibrations and energy frequencies and things of that nature it's like when you're having sex that is when your body is vibrating at its highest in my opinion that I don't know if that's a scientific fact but I know that like when I'm reaching my climax is when my body is just like it's an out-of-body experience it's pleasure to the max you know whether I'm by myself or with a partner it's this is when I'm thinking all the good thoughts. I'm thinking nothing but goodness for myself, my my relationships, my careers. And it's not in a way that's like distracting because it's not like you're like, I'm not thinking about like, hmm, my 401k is going to go up. You know, it's more thoughts of just like attracting goodness, using this vibrational power to attract the good shit, you know. So thank you for your insight. Pleasure, coach. Goddamn finest shit over here looking like a whole ass Victoria's Secret model man I'm gonna figure out a way to make these podcasts like video accessible because I'm getting distracted by the titties right now like I'm not even gonna <laughs> lie <laughs> I'm so glad I'm not the only one that had a whole moment as a part of this discussion I'm gonna let you have your distraction because I certainly had mine listen like I'm 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 semi-clothed right now like you sitting here looking like you just walked out of a fucking magazine spread and I'm here like about this professional sex 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 Uh uh-huh let me let me get my life together and I'm like okay we're talking about sex she over here looking sexy as shit okay all right you can do this and now here we are I don't even know what I'm talking about no more First of all, you are also like fine as fuck over here. I'm looking at all the arms. I'm checking out your tattoos in ways that I've like never focused on your tattoos before. I'm looking at this fresh ass lineup. Like you are really doing something over here. So this is not one sided (laughs) by any means. Please do not mislead the people. (laughs) Affirmation central over here. We love on each other all the time. This is we're having I fucking session right now via Zoom. No one can see it other than us, but we're just here like, mm-hmm. I'm listening to what you're saying. Uh-huh. Yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> this is why they should have never given Magic a podcast, because it's going to be a whole lot of this in your ear every fucking week. Like, uh, I love This is exactly why Magic needs a podcast. This is wonderful. I'm so glad this is a thing. <laughs> Thank you for saying yes to me. Like, uh you have no idea. Every single person that I reach out to, it's like there was so much love and intention and getting to see my little visions play out in real life. It's very affirming. It makes me feel really, really supported when I have people like you who are like, yep, I trust you and your vision magic. Let me hop on here and talk about whatever. Also timeout. There are handcuffs right there. I just peeped the handcuffs. 
you be out here tying yourself up? Mm. So uh, being in quarantine has inspired me to look at my living space very differently. Uh Um, So this is like a recent addition to my living space. So like I'm in my bedroom right now, Mm -hmm. but I have this little nook at the foot of my bed that I have set up as my play space. So I have all of my things readily accessible for play for myself at the time but like if and when there is someone here to play with me Mm. all of the things that I need are well within reach so I have like some of my favorite toys right here and I have a few like impact implements that are close by um so yeah I I make sure that I have everything right here because I don't want to interrupt the flow when I want to like grab something else. It's all right here. That is beautiful. And that reminds me for anyone listening, if you do not have a nice little space carved out for yourself, pleasure, like create that space for yourself. Cause if you could see Jen's space right now, it looks like everything is like literally within arm's reach. So I can only imagine being in a mindful space, intentional space, and you're just there doing what it is that you do and having everything just around you. So if you have the space for it, create a little nice little self-pleasure zone and go at it whenever you feel like it and then see what happens. See the type of magic that you create and see the type of relationship that you form with your body as you carve out intentional spaces for self-pleasure or for you and your play partners. But like I was saying before I got distracted by the handcuffs, I was thanking Jen for joining me here today. And I was going to ask you, do you have any last remarks that you want to give to the people? Sure. Um, I really appreciate this conversation, by the way. Um, And I hope that it inspires folks to have some conversations with the folks around them, um, especially the folks that they are intimate and romantic with. Um, I encourage everybody to look at how their pleasure shows up outside of the bedroom. Um, And that just, that doesn't only mean have sex in other places, which like I absolutely encourage you to have sex in other places by all means, like do it in the shower, do it on the floor, do it on the kitchen counter. Mm -hmm. I mean, clear it with roommates and stuff first. Like everybody (laughs) is not comfortable with booty cheeks, the same place that they make their sandwiches. I understand Mm -hmm. that. Um, So be mindful of boundaries in all regards. Um, But yeah, switch it up. Like switch up your routine. Give yourself permission to try something new. Think outside of the proverbial box when it comes to what it is that you will allow yourself to do, Um, especially if you are in-house by yourself because there is nobody around to judge you. You don't have to tell anybody. Um, Mm -hmm. You don't have to feel pressured by like societal constraints or by, you know, fearing judgment from a partner or whatever else. Like when you are alone with yourself, you have all of the freedom that you give yourself. So I encourage you to give yourself as much freedom as you possibly can, um, because it is very clear how our freedoms are limited and dictated by outside forces. And Mm. so you don't have to help that. You don't have to help yourself be less free. There's plenty of shit making sure that you are not as free as you could possibly be out in the world. So when you are with yourself, 
um, I encourage you to give yourself all of the freedom that you can. Mm, Amen to that. Liberate yourself, free yourself, free your body, free your mind, free your sexuality, free all of it. Do you have, (laughs) can you tell the people where they can catch you? Because I know you're doing so many events virtually. You have poetry and pasties, you have tiny tub, vagina dialogues. Tell me all the things and like plug all the things that you have to plug so we can all follow you over to all the platforms. Somehow I have managed to make myself a very, very busy person in quarantine. Mm -hmm. Um, So there are a ton of ways that I have made it so that I can still connect with people virtually. One of those ways is Tiny Tub. It is my twice a week IG live talk show where I talk about sex, self-care, kink, and current events all from the comfort of my bathtub with guests from the worlds of erotic art, adult entertainment, and sex education. That is every Tuesday and Thursday at 10 p.m. Eastern. Um, And so I'm really excited about the guests that I have coming up. Um, Tiny Tub is my absolute favorite idea that I've ever had in my entire life. It's become so much fun to do. And I've learned a lot through the process of making Tiny Tub a thing. So yes, check out Tiny Tub. Follow me on IG at Slut of the Month so you don't ever miss an episode. Um, I also do a monthly burlesque and poetry open mic called Poetry and Pasties. It was once an in-person event, and I hope that it will be again, but for the time being, that is also on IG Live. And so for folks who have poetry, short stories, erotica to share, um, there is definitely space on the open mic list for that. And for folks whose art is in body movement, um, if you are a burlesque dancer, pole dancer, a yogi, like all of that has space at Poetry and Pasties as well. Um, It is all about celebrating spoken word and body movement as forms of art, self-expression, and personal liberation. So that is every second Saturday at 1 p.m. You can follow Poetry and Pasties, spelled all the way out on IG for more info on that. Um, Vagina Dialogues is an event that I started doing back in 2016 um, just for people with different experiences of having vaginas to come together and talk about those experiences. Um, And I say that because it is widely assumed that only cisgender women have vaginas and that is not the case. There are people at all spectrums of gender gender identity. Um, There are plenty of people who need to be included in conversations about healthy interaction with vaginas. Um, So I encourage trans women, non-binary folks, um, even like cis men who have partners who have vaginas. You could absolutely benefit from having a conversation about like how to keep one healthy and happy. So that is an event series that honestly I have not revisited in a while, but I think it could definitely have space in the virtual world. Um, But if you are following me on IG at Slut of the Month, you can always check the link in my bio for my updated list of events and goings on and places that I'll be 
talking and having conversations and running my mouth about sex and self-pleasure because that is what I do. Yes. And you do it so perfectly and so eloquently. I'm like, yes, I can talk about sex all day with you. Like, this is just, I'm like, do we even have to end? Do we have to go? No, we don't. What time? We don't, we don't have to. We don't don't have have to. We're going to get off this podcast and then go keep talking about sex because that's, it's inspiring to talk to someone who's so open and just so mindful and so aware in the way that they speak about sex in a way that makes everyone feel comfortable. Like I hope that whoever's listening to this conversation, I hope that you walk away with a heightened sense of awareness when it comes to your own body, you know, when it comes to what's possible for you within the space that you're in, because we're all in quarantine, we're all in different situations, but within those situations, we can carve out spaces for self-pleasure or pleasure with other people who are quarantined with us, you know, consensually, obviously, you know, we got roommates, we got people that we can shoot our shots at virtually and be like, Hey, you want to be my virtual play date partner? You know, the fucking possibilities are infinite. Jennifer, thank you so, so much for opening up our worlds and our minds and helping us get one step closer to sexual liberation. Thank you for having me. This has been a really dope conversation. Thank you to all my magicians for listening to this week's podcast. I am super grateful for you and your presence. I know that we talk about a whole lot of sex. So if you're in the mood like I am, you know, you can go off in the corner, go off to your bedroom, do your thing. Let me know how you felt. Let me know how you feel. If you feel so inclined to, you know, hit me up after you're done playing with yourself, you know, my line is open. My DMs are open. Ain't nothing off topic. There's nothing that's off limits here. As long as it's consensual and safe, my ears are open. I'm super, super hype about next week's episode. Now we're going to flip it, reverse it, and take it all the way back because magic is what? A wholesome slut. Magic is a wholesome slut. So we're going to be taking it to the kids, which means that we're going to be talking all about how to show up for our babies, how to show up for our kids in this turbulent time. We all know that as soon as you look out the window, you can see what's happening. And I can't even, my human adult brain cannot even process what's happening. So I don't even know what the kids are thinking, feeling, seeing, you know? And I'm going to be bringing a very special guest who's very near and dear to my heart. And this person is a licensed therapist. So I'm having a professional come talk to us because I don't take this lightly. Thank you, Frankie Nonsense, for editing and mixing my podcast. Thank you to the beautiful Anna for making sure that my sunshine daddy was reflected in my graphics. And thank you to all my listeners. Thank you for being here. Until next time, stay magical. Life with Magic will be airing every week, so make sure you subscribe to stay posted on all our magical content. You can find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts.